0: Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor? Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it? Welcome into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's go, y'all. Real estate experiment. What is happening, y'all? Today, we have the pleasure of having Jason DeBono. Is that correct, DeBono? You got it. Ah, right on, and and I, I have to say, I think you're the first gentleman who stepped into the lab from. You said it's right off the coast. It's right off of Sicily, is that right?
1: It is, yeah. Little island uh, called Malta, which Malta. Uh, there's a drink and a dog and a cross that people are familiar with, but uh, yeah. but yeah, beautiful little island off the coast of Sicily, very Mediterranean.
0: Mm. Wow, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I, I've i I've, I've never been myself, but uh, definitely got to go. But today, you're not there. You are here in the lab, so we welcome you. And you almost got it. You wore like a white blouse. This is the experiment. This is what I was talking about offline. We have, uh, you know, people who step in here, practitioners, and you got. If you guys are listening to this, is I came in with a nice uh white blouse. We'll call it like an experimenter. Um, I'm a half joking here, but um. We're so glad to have you here because we like learning from practitioners and we want to hear a little bit about, why don't you tell us the beginning of, of I always th- like to focus on who the person is first because I believe they're truly a reflection of their business and then we kind of level set. So tell us about Jason from the beginning and how you got to where you are now. I know you've been in the space for 15 years uh, of, you know, in the self-directed IRA industry, but I want to he- hear a little bit more about when this started and where you are now and what you can offer to the people.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a, I love, I love telling the story because it really starts with dad said no. uh, And (laughs) and usually most good stories start that way. Um, But uh, I I was in college. I was going to to university of central Florida here in Orlando. Uh, I was working at a department store, you know, to, to pay for college and, everything was good and great. And, and I got to my last year and thought, you know, I probably ought to go get some experience beyond retail clothing, you know, so that when I graduate, right, I'm, I look as attractive as possible to, to these companies. And um, my background just before that is my family owned a catering business and a convenience store growing up. I grew up very, very blue collar. Uh, I worked most summers in construction jobs or handiwork. So, you know, it it, it Being in a suit and tie, while I love the monetary side and the business side, I'm not really a suit and tie guy. Um, You know, I just wasn't raised that way. So uh, going through school and and kind of understanding where I want to be and what I want to do, I got to an internship expo and I interviewed with, you know, I was fortunate to get get, uh, the, the opportunity to interview with a handful of companies. And I got to Newview and I couldn't figure out what the company did. I was looking on their website and I'm like, what in the heck, uh, IRAs and res- real estate? Like, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. So the, 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 to put a point on the story, I called my dad and said, dad, you got to hop online and look at this company. I've never heard of them. Like, what do they do? And, and my dad, you know, he finally got on the website and he goes, you can't do that. And I'm like, what, what do you mean, dad? He's like, yeah, you can't buy real estate in an IRA. I've asked my broker about that before and he's always told me it was illegal. And so I'm thinking, right, dad says no. So long story short, I went to the interview. Uh, I got the, the the real primer on how it worked. And, and I left there and I called and and I'm like, dad, you were wrong. I was right. You know, I wanted to rub that in. And uh, but more importantly, he said, God, I wish I knew about this five years ago. And I realized that my dad is no different than most baby boomers out in the marketplace, sitting in stocks and bonds, doesn't know a thing about them. And would love to have bought real estate if he just simply knew it was possible. And so uh I started as an intern with the company and here we are 15 years later. Uh I've I've gotten to do a lot, see a lot, and and be part of a lot, and more importantly, learn vicariously through my customers uh along the way. But uh but yeah, dad said no and, and here we are 15 years later.
0: Okay, wow. So that's that's very well unpacked there. So I'm curious. So why don't you level set for us? Because I know, like I said, we were talking about this offline. We have investors. We have people who are just starting out. We have people maybe have been doing you know, real estate one way for a long time and don't know about certain things. And, and that's what we like. We like enlightenment. So in elevator pitch, you and I sit down together. I always like to say this because I love to travel. And right now we're not traveling. So it brings me back a little bit. You and I sit down, let's say first class, we're looking at each other, I meet you. What's your elevator pitch to me? What do you do? What can you do for me?
1: Yeah, well, Well. Um, first, I'm, I love that you put me in first class. That's a rarity. Well, <laughs> oh, so. that was
0: on me. That was, I got you.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate that uh, for starters. But um, very simply put, we give you the ability to buy investments that are not publicly traded inside your retirement account while maintaining all the tax benefits that your retirement account offers. Okay. So that's the the down and dirty kind of elevator pitch.
0: All right, so and if I said, "All right, that sounds kind of interesting, but I still don't get it. How would you cuz I'm sure, right, even for the conversation you may have had with your father, how do you, you know, bring it down to a level where it's like, okay, that makes sense." So, why don't we even break that down, right? We talk about IRAs, you know, we can't make the assumption that Everybody knows what that is. So let's talk about what an individual retirement account is, and and how in your model it can be leveraged. Want to want to take us there? Yeah, yeah, and
1: and, and uh, you're right. I mean, everyone kind of understands it at different levels. And so, you know, the most simplistic part of a, of an IRA is it's it's a retirement account. It's a tax advantage tool that the government offers everybody basically with a job to save. For retirement, So when you think of IRAs, think 401k, right? It's, it's not exactly that. A 401k is through your employer, whereas an IRA typically is not tied to your employer. Um, but if you leave your employer, your 401k can roll into an IRA. So those two things, while they're not exactly interchangeable, we, we tend to kind of mix those two things together. Um, that's one half of the equation, right? So think about it from this perspective. You're saving for retirement through some sort of tax tool. That's the first part, whether it be 401k, IRA, or combination of both. The second part and really where we add our value is you've got to invest that money, right? You're saving it. Well, how do I make it grow? Well, right now, most firms that hold retirement accounts, Schwab, Fidelity, Merrill Lynch, TD, et cetera, they let you buy whatever you want so long as it's a publicly traded security, stock bond, mutual fund, ETF. What NewView does is says we'll hold it just like they do. We'll invest it at your direction just like they do. But we will not tell you you got to buy public securities with it. We'll hold private investments so long as you go find them yourself. So we'll hold real estate, private notes, private equity. So if you want to buy a single family home, great. You want to buy raw land, great. You want to loan someone money, awesome. Want to invest into a private company, no problem. A syndicated you know, multifamily deal, absolutely. So we're here not to tell people what to buy. We're not advisors; we're just a custodian. So we serve the custodial role like Schwab and Fidelity, but our investment classes that our clients invest into are not just limited to stock-sponsored mutual funds. That's our value add.
0: I love that you said that and you highlighted that because I think, you know, people think of and again, it's not their fault; they're they're not. Well, I'll say otherwise. You got to do your research, right? So, and you did your research. Uh, but what's really interesting is that I think it's important for people to hear that you're not advising you're a custodian. Can you touch on that for for a little bit? What is a custodian? Um, people are in real estate, you're thinking, yeah, I got a contractor, I got a custodian, I got, right? What, hold on, like, what's a custodian? Allow us to help us understand what that is so we can actually understand what, what it can actually uh, provide to us.
1: Yeah, so the custodian role is really not tied to the assets. It's tied to the account. So we're not the custodian for your properties, right? We're the custodian of your account, your IRA, your old 401k, uh, just like Schwab is the custodian for that account today. So we're not doing anything magic. We're not actually changing your IRA. An IRA is an IRA. Those are the rules set forth by the government. We're just simply saying, if we hold it versus Schwab, we're willing to be the custodian of an account that holds investments outside the stock market. Whereas Schwab is saying, we're willing to be the custodian of your account so long as you buy one of these ticker symbol securities. Think of it like this. When you want, if you look at Taco Bell and McDonald's, they're both in the same business. They're both fast food. They both do the same thing. But they're inherently different in that one serves you tacos and one serves you burgers. NewView and Charles Schwab are in the same business. We're custodians of retirement accounts. We hold your money and report to the IRS on your behalf. Where we differ, like Taco Bell and, and McDonald's, is what we serve. So we are serving you, right, not necessarily on a platter, but we're serving you. Or our menu of choices is simply different from one custodian to another. No different than it's, than it's different from Taco Bell to McDonald's to Chick-fil-A.
0: That's so interesting. So, and you can see, I'm already guys. I'm already a page in. I'm already taking notes because that's what we do in the lab. I don't know. If you, I got my notepad. It's here. We're taking notes. Uh, and perhaps you'll, if you listen to the podcast, you'll, you'll you'll hear our introduction. But okay, so this has to be your USP, your unique selling point. I have to say, in the marketplace, is there? Would you say um, New View is one of the only, uh, or one of the few? Um, I guess uh, institutions that that does or custodians that would do such a thing because that that's new new to me. I didn't know that you could actually have uh, take your money and, and 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 invest into private investments. Is that is that what you're calling it?
1: Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, we're we're not the only gig in town. Uh, you know, there's about fifteen or so companies of of size and reputation in this business in the entire country. So. It, it's a very small industry. Um, it has been since I started 15 years ago, but it's light years from where it was then. Um, 15 years ago, if I stood up in front of a room and said, how many people here know you can buy real estate in an IRA? Like one person out of a hundred would raise their hand. If I do it today, like 25 or 30 out of a hundred raise their hand. Now they may not know how to do it and how to execute it and all the guidelines, but it's becoming more and more well-known uh, and, and part of that is the information age. And part of that really is, is people like you that, that, that volunteer your time and effort to educate the marketplace because without you, the audience today wouldn't know, right, that this is an option. So you're putting good quality education and stuff that's not everyday knowledge in the hands of, of consumers, and that's where it belongs.
0: I appreciate that, uh, Jason. Um, here's my next question. Uh, I guess I'm curious to, to how, you know, is there, because in the lab, we talk about real estate, we talk about investment, but we also like to understand the business model. And why don't you enlighten us if you know, is there a reason like a, you know, and I want to say names, I'm sure there's tons of firms out there, but we've been using swap, So you're getting the shaft guy. Sorry about that. swap. So is there an advantage to them of not allowing you or is it maybe, and then maybe we'll get to it, or is it possibly that their IRAs are just not self-directed, which I think is maybe... The next phase, but I'm not sure if that's where we're going next. So I'm curious, is it because some of these institutions do not offer self directed IRAs? And if so, is there a reason why they wouldn't? Is it more advantageous to them to not have that for their bottom line? I'm trying to understand the business model here. Yeah,
1: and you know, it's a great question. and, And I'll answer it with the caveat is that this is to the best of my knowledge. Um, You know, I I think the easiest way to, to, to analogize this is, is kind of why Chick-fil-A doesn't sell cheeseburgers. Um, They could do it, right? Um, McDonald's doesn't sell tacos, right? Um, There's nothing stopping them from doing it. So let's start there. Uh, there's nothing like legally or permissibly that would say, no, the charter requirements are too mm. stringent or their business models today allow them to do it. And just so you know, many of the firms will hold it in certain circumstances and cases will hold some of these assets. So there is some overlap, but it is not open to the public every day. The term self-direction is a little bit, you know, unfortunately, it's used, um, in so many different ways, it's been bastardized to some degree, for lack of a better term. Self-direction just means you have the ability to choose. The list in which you choose from is where the challenge comes in. So every major institution, Schwab, Fidelity, TD, it doesn't matter. And I'm not picking on any of those firms at all. They all offer self-directed accounts, just like we do. What's different is you don't, you get to choose and your menu is bigger, That's Mm. the difference between us. It's different. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's a business decision Um, for them. They could do it, um, but they're good at what they do. All the stock, bond and mutual fund transactions are automated. Our business, while we've automated it to to a good good degree, is very manual, right? I mean, you know the business of real estate certainly probably better than I do. I mean, has any real estate transaction ever looked the same as the one before? Um, You know, there's moving parts and stuff goes wrong. Well, if you think about that from a purchase standpoint through your IRA, we're the custodian that's working alongside you, right? It's a, it's a very manual process. Yet the way you buy Microsoft is the same way you buy Tesla. It's the same way you buy Apple. You click the button and it's all electronic. So the business model is different. And I think it's just like that in the food business, right? Making tacos requires different ingredients and different skill sets and different equipment than making burgers. And so, Do they really want to go make those investments? When one, it's going to you know cannibalize their core business, and two, they may not be good at it or have the facilities. So uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just a business decision.
0: No, I I think you. I love that you said that it's a larger menu and it's more manual because I think that gives perspective as to um it's almost like having the uh you shake shack i'm not sure if you're familiar right? right it's just like set and go right it's and in in what sense it, it's good to know actually having heard you say that it's good to know that it's not there's no ulterior motive behind it it's just a smoother business model right it's just like hey you know we got the fries we got the burgers in and then out the door now for you it's kind of a little bit more of a um like you said, manual, hands-on approach because you're 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 giving a larger selection, so that's also good to know for the folks who are listening who may want to work with a firm like yours. So the next next question that I would say is okay, so got it, understand it, ready to go. How much can I put into this thing? Like it sounds like I'm all in, Jason. You sold me. Where do I sign? How much can I put in? Is there is there a limit? What's the IRS? Can I is it can I Count as a loss, can I can, can I do I get taxed upfront later when I use it? like tell us a little bit about the nuances or the benefits that one might face as they're looking and' they're, they're starting to click and it's like, okay, I want to get into this. what am I, what am I looking at?
1: Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to take a couple minutes here if that's okay. I just want to kind of break this down because it's really two independent decisions. Hmm. So the first decision is how do you want to save for retirement? It's not should you save for retirement. Let me be clear. It's how do you want to save for retirement? What's the best vehicle for you or vehicles? Um, The reason I say that is because you should make that decision independent of what you invest it into, right? So the first thing is, is I want to save for something that I know is going to happen and that's I want to stop working, right? So I got to do that first. So take every investment strategy, stock, sponge, mutual fund, real estate, et cetera, off the table. The reason why retirement accounts are so attractive is they're tax benefited. And when when we talk to people, one of the things I like to share is people invest to make money. Right. And that's fine. People use tax strategies to build wealth. So you have to ask yourself, do you want to make money or do you want to build wealth? And that answer isn't always easy. There are times where I just want to get in and I want to get out and I just want to make some money and I'm willing to pay some taxes because I just want some money. But the long-term play has to be to build wealth because that's what wealthy people do. And they get wealthy and they stay wealthy because they think differently than most of us. They don't think in dollars and cents. They think in long-term value. So the reason retirement accounts are so attractive, and I'm going to put it into numbers for everybody very simply. If you take a dollar, so Ruben has a dollar and Jason has a dollar, two people, let's assume we're the same exact age, and we're going to hold it in that whatever account we choose for 20 years, all right? So same dollar, same amount of time. And we're going to go invest it into the same investment, right? So all things are equal, right? But Ruben, because he's he listens to this podcast and knows that there's tax benefits in an IRA, Ruben is going to make this dollar investment in an IRA. Jason doesn't know any of this, doesn't understand building wealth. He only understands making money. And he's going to make this investment outside an IRA, which means his earnings are subject to his 25% tax rate, right? 20 years from now, right? And this investment is going to double every year. So I put in a dollar, it becomes $2, right? I put in $2, it becomes $4. At the end of 20 years, I'm going to sit around with all my buddies, right? Jason is going to go, hey, guys, guess what I just did? 20 years ago, I took a dollar and I invested it for 20 years and it doubled every year. And I'm going to have about 75,000 bucks. Now, everybody in that room, right, is going to pat me on the back and go, dude, you are awesome. You turned a dollar into 75 grand. How'd you do it? Way to go. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm going to feel great about myself. And because I probably don't know any better, I'll always feel good about myself. But Ruben is going to be sitting in another room with his buddies and he's going to tell them the same exact story. 20 years ago, I took a dollar and I invested it and it doubled every single year. But because I did it in my IRA and didn't pay the 25% tax that Jason did, instead of having $75,000, I have just over a million dollars. Now let that sail in for a second. Same dollar. Same investment, same amount of time. The only thing that you did differently was put it in an IRA first. And you have a million bucks and I have 75 grand. Now, that is what tells you that before you think about how to make money, which is investing, you have to stop and think about how to build wealth, which is tax advantages. And IRAs are a tax tool, even if you're going to buy stocks they're a tax tool. What we do doesn't make your IRA a tax tool. It's a a tax tool with me. It's a tax tool with Schwab. What I do is give people like you, Ruben, the ability to take that dollar or a hundred or a thousand that you contribute and invest it into an asset class you believe is going to give you a bigger return, i.e. real estate. And the more you return, the more you save in taxes, And the more wealth you build in the long run. But investing is about making money. Doing it in the right vehicle is about building wealth. And that's where we come in, is we're the combination of good investment philosophy, which you preach and and strategize with in the lab with your listeners all the time. And you're doing an awesome job at that because that's the part I don't deal with, right? You talk strategies, syndications, single family, short term. It doesn't matter. You can make money at them all. Pick your poison, What I'm here to do is say, hey, everybody, take those strategies that you're already learning in the lab and keep doing them. But do part of them in a retirement account or shift as much as you can to your retirement accounts so that you can start focusing on building wealth. You know, it's not all or nothing. Make money. Keep hustling. Make money. Put it in your pocket. Use it to travel and do all those things. But you got to earmark part of the money that you invest, part of the money you make, part of the money you save into tax advantaged accounts. And IRAs are the most readily available tax tool to everyday Americans just like us.
0: That was well put, I, I, wanna, I wanna take a step back cause you said something very key because I, I always wanna leave listeners with something real tactical to apply. And I think we're getting there. Uh, I think you got our attention when I heard 25% and compared to a million, uh, that sounds great. But if I'm listening, I might still be like, okay th- this sounds great, Jason, but like tactically how do I apply this on the very next deal that I look at? So. Take us a step back a little bit, and I heard two things. I want to make sure I clarify for our listeners and myself included, is uh, investing in RAs. I'm seeing it's kind of like a, a tool to invest through an asset class that you believe in in the end goal, right? So a lot of us, it's real estate. Some of us, it's businesses, but. Let's say uh, I'm looking to buy a home for 100k, right? let's let's just say that. and I want you to kind of help us visualize between you know uh, you know the Ruben example and the Jason example, right? There's one who's putting down the t- quintessential 20 percent. How does it look like instead of taking that you know that money of that 20 percent on like my, my Bank of America account? how would that look like if I'm working with you? Do I have that money sitting through that IRA and then I, and then I call you up and I say, or your custodian up and I say, hey, look, I got this home on contract. I wanna invest this amount. Do you slap me on the wrist and say, nope, sorry, that's too much for this year. Like, tell us a little bit about the li- limitations that we might face whether I'm buying a million dollar home or a hundred thousand dollar home, how much I can contribute to it. I know it's a loaded question, but I think that would help us a little bit more bring it home together. Cause I think most of us can kind of relate of, okay, yeah. Buying a home, putting 20% down. What would it look like on a, on the good guy who's following what Jason is telling him and what would it look like for his neighbor? Who's simply not aware. who's just as wrong as a guy who doesn't know. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's a great question because it it's really, it is important to understand purchase power, right? How do I do this, the, the blocking and tackling? Um, so the first thing I'll start with is IRAs. There are different types of retirement accounts. You have 401ks. Those are employer plans. So your employer has to offer you that program. All right. Um, you can save into those. The contribution limit I think is $19,000 a year. Uh, and then your employer can match. Those are great plans. I would encourage anyone listening. I don't care what you do with the money, stocks, bonds or whatever, um, if you're not contributing to your 401k today, start immediately uh, and and at a minimum contribute as much as your employer will match. That's free money, 100% return. It's the best investment you can make in your employers paying that portion. So that's my little, uh, I'll get off that little soapbox, but I want to make sure everyone takes full advantage of that. Cause unfortunately only about 50% of employees do.
0: Yeah. And, and I want to just piggyback that for a second, just so we anchor this point in the $19,000 is max, but let's say, you have a great employer who's going to match you no know, the half or half of that or double the amount does that mean that all of a sudden i'm 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 sitting on uh 38000 now automatically if they're matching is that is that the reality and would that yeah
1: but if your employer is matching $19,000 never leave that employer I don't that's (laughs) right
0: this is like best case scenario guys matter of fact dm me and I'll try to find a way to exactly I need a new career and I (laughs) got
1: a good one today um the 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 matching typically is a match of your contribution against your salary up to a certain percentage so um, but yeah, you may put in 19 and they put, may put in five or seven. I mean, that would be incredible. That's a great return. Um, but getting money into 401ks is really through your employer. That part I can't help you with. And I can't really do anything with the money while you're still an employee. When you leave that company, I can take that money into an IRA. There is no limit on how much of your existing 401k you can move to me. So, if you would saved, Ruben, for the last 10 years, 19 grand a year plus earnings, and you got 300 grand, when you leave that company, you can move that 300 grand from your existing 401k to, to an IRA with me. No tax, no penalty. So the way most of all of the accounts that we service have money in them as a general rule, and most of them are contributed over a period of time. Very few people can add enough money to an account to go buy a property. Even to your example, you want to buy a $100,000 house, you need $20,000 down. You have to be eligible to write a $20,000 check to your IRA. There's only one IRA, which is a SEP that would even allow you to do that. And you'd have to be self-employed.
0: Can you so, touch on that for a second? So we don't we understand what that means. What, yeah, what does so, that mean?
1: Well, and I want to be careful getting too deep in the weeds on account types because we could talk for hours. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just but just off. so we, we give some tactical to the listeners of, wait, hold on. Did he just say that I actually can't use my 20% down? I just don't want them to, to get that from what you just said.
1: Yeah, and, and let me try to clarify that and kind of clear up the water a little bit.
0: Yeah. We'll be right back.
1: If you have existing retirement money, old 401k or IRAs that you've contributed to over the years all of that money is 100% eligible to be transferred to me and then readily available for you to use. So, for Uh, example, if you put $5,000 into an IRA for the last 10 years and it's 50 grand, you can move that to me. There's no limit to move it from one custodian to another. But what you cannot do is you cannot just write a blank check out of your personal bank account uh, into an IRA now there are different IRAs that give you different limits and you can go onto our website and look at the difference between those limits um, and
0: down payment. You're saying in
1: like, no, the down payment is you're thinking of the investment, the down. payment. Oh, I'm is- sorry. I
0: apologize. I used the wrong terminology. I want to be clear for our listeners. The deposit into an IRA, is that what you would call it okay. or a contri- contribution?
1: Your contributions to your IRA are limited annually. But once you've made those annual contributions, that money's in there and can be moved. It's portable. So again, if you've contributed, let's say your limit is $6,000 to a Roth IRA, which is the limit. You may have put $6,000 into your IRA for the last 10 years. You may have $100,000 in your IRA. That's all eligible to be invested. Not what you cannot do is you couldn't come to me today, Ruben, and say, I have no IRAs. And I want to put $100,000 into my IRA today. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. But if you came to me and said, I have $100,000 in my IRA that I've accumulated over the years sitting at Schwab, can I move that to you? The answer is yes.
0: Yeah. No, thank you for clarifying that. In other words, uh, what Jason is saying, if you're listening, is you cannot bring new, fresh money and and, and surpass the, that limit. There's or It, it oh, has yeah. to be old money that you've been accumulating along the way. Um, in order for to, to get that eligibility. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. And there's some accounts that'll give you an option to get forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 into an account each year, yeah. but you're not going to get more than about 55 grand in. And, and that's a very narrow group that qualifies to get that much in. Most people are going to be around five to 10,000 bucks a year, either through their 401k or through an IRA. Um, if you're self-employed, we can get that number up into the 50 range, but depends on how you earn your money, how much you earn a self-employed income. It can get a little bit complex. Mm-hmm. What we like to do is kind of focus at least the discussion and we'll talk blocking and tackling because you asked that question already around what are the tactics when you do it. So let's shift to that if that's okay. When, so let's say, Ruben, you come to me, you say, yeah, for the last 10 years, I've worked at AT&T. I've got hundred grand in my 401k. I quit my job. I'm a full-time real estate investor. I've got 150 grand in that account. Can I move that to you? Well, the first answer is yes. It's already in an IRA or in a retirement account, so it's eligible. Mm-hmm. Once it's here, now the question becomes, okay, how do I invest it, right? And let's use your example. You want to buy a house. And I'm just going to use a cash example for the sake of discussion.
0: Absolutely.
1: So you've got $150,000 in your 401k. You move it to NewView into an IRA, no tax, no penalty. You go out and you find a $100,000 property. It doesn't matter if it's single family, multifamily, but you found a property. You take it under contract. All of that is directionally right. The only difference when you take it under contract is on the contract, instead of putting Ruben as an individual, you put Ruben's IRA so that you declare to the IRS up front that you are not buying this in your taxable account. You're buying this in your tax deferred retirement account. And it's important that you make that declaration as early in the process as you can. Once you have that contract, now you need new view because we need to execute it as the custodian of your account and we need to send the money, right? That you've agreed to and whatever terms out of your account, because that's what you you're paying us to do. So once you have that contract, you call our office, you can do it all electronically. I'm using kind of the simplistic approach, but you call our office, you'll fill out a form for us telling us what's the property authorizing us to send 10 grand today and the other 90 grand two, you know, two weeks from now upon closing. You'll send us the contract so that we can also execute it. It's okay if you already signed it. But technically, we're the signatory for your your account as the custodian. We would do all of that, send the money to the escrow, get all the closing documents. You would approve them all because you know the deal, not us. If everything looks good, you give us the green light to wire the money to the closing table, which we would do. Now your IRA owns that property. And the only thing that's really different is the IRA owns it, not Ruben. But in theory, you own it through your IRA, right? The reason why you have to think of it as your IRA owns it is to maintain all the tax benefits. You can't treat it like yours. You have to treat it like a passive investment, just like a passive stock investment. So you can't live in the property, right? You can't use the property. Otherwise, the IRS says buy it in your personal name and pay taxes and do whatever you want with the property. But if you want all these tax benefits in your IRA, then you got to be arm's length. But as far as determining if it needs to be painted and determining who to rent it to and how much to rent it for, you get to make all of those decisions on behalf of the IRA, right, and the owner. So it it looks and, and, uh, and works just like a property you own personally, but you got to be a little bit more hands off because you're getting these major tax benefits.
0: So this is interesting, and I don't know if this was strategic, and I appreciate you really explaining that well because I thought that's what I heard and I wanted to get to the second part where – you're still even though so let's take a step back because I think there's two phases here so and and help me understand maybe I'm missing something as well and I think it'll be important for us listeners so step one in an IRA you mentioned tax deferred and I want to make I don't want to let that slip through the cracks I think it's important Um, just so we're clear that's money that hasn't been taxed right so in other words am I correct let's start with that is that correct tax deferred
1: it is. And there's really two types of taxation in IRAs. One is tax deferred and one is tax free. And it depends on what kind of account you have. And and again, without getting too deep in the weeds, um, we'll, we'll maybe consolidate those terms under tax advantaged because either way you're going to get tax benefits. And, and I'll explain what that means simply. So you buy that house for 100 grand in your IRA. Right. And let's say a week later, you sell it for 200 grand. The money goes back to your IRA, and there's no reporting to the IRS of any sort of tax, uh, a taxable event. What about capital gains? Not applicable in an IRA. No way. All right. So I like did it. that deal. And I, I can, and I, I've got the luxury of seeing you on video and I can see that smirk.
0: Now do you guys like Jason now, huh? Can you, can you bring that? Cause I think we need to hear that one more time in case you're not listening here are what Jason is saying, because we need to echo these things because sometimes you don't pay attention to them because like, Oh, I don't know it, but here's what you need to get familiar. So one more time, Jason, you, you bought a home through an IRA and it's your IRA technically know bought it for you right as you said i think that's really important um and 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 now if you were to sell that asset that money right typically that you would make from the investment right would go back to your ira if i'm correct and it will have all the tax advantages right because it's important we're not attorneys here but again everyone should have their attorney right um but what was key is I heard that typically when you sell a home, there's capital gains, that you have taxes that you have to pay, right? So Jason, let's hear it one more time, just so we're clear. How would that work?
1: Well, you summed it up exactly that. And I love I love it because it, it sometimes this is the best part of what we do, because this is what gets people to perk up when they realize that, yes, you're eliminating capital gains from your real estate transaction. So When you buy a property or any investment, even a stock in an IRA, you are not subject to capital gains tax because an IRA by nature is tax advantaged. You are either taxed when you put it in, which is a Roth, or take it out, which is all other types. You are not taxed annually on your individual transactions. So Ruben bought the property today, January the 4th, for 100 gram and February the 4th, he sold it for 200 gram. If he did that personally, he would have to report $100,000 of income on his taxes. And if he's in the 25% tax bracket using round numbers, he would actually pay $25,000 of taxes, which is not a bad thing because you made hundred dollars right? So that's not bad. But if you know what we know and you listen to what we're saying and you take action, Ruben could, instead of buying that in his personal name, buy it in his IRA, sell it, make the $100,000 of profit. And because the profits go back to his IRA, they don't show up on his tax return. If they don't show up on his tax return, they're not taxed. That means that Reuben has $25,000 of money that he normally would have paid in tax, still sitting in his IRA. And that does two things for Reuben. Number one, it allows him to keep more of what he makes. And number two, it allows Ruben to invest 25,000 more than he could reinvest if he did it in his personal name. And according to Albert Einstein, who's a fairly smart guy, Albert Einstein once said, compound interest is the greatest invention on earth. And that's exactly what you're doing. That's how, when I go back to my original dollar doubling example, that's how you get from 75 grand to a million because that's 25 grand. Well, now if I go reinvest it, And I do it again next year, that's another 25 grand plus the extra money I made on the 25 grand. So now maybe that's like 35 grand. The next year, it's another 35 grand plus, plus. And when you add that up year over year over year, it doesn't take long to realize, yeah, this guys is why the wealthy get wealthy. I will just tell you, it's the number one tax tool That's you don't need a a team of accountants for an IRA. It's the tax tool that makes this all work
0: this is fascinating the The only thing that there is an so there's two things so first of all you recap that so well and what I was saying originally is that the up front when you're investing into an IRA you you have tax advantaged money so in other words if I'm getting all my money and I don't believe in saving the IRA and I make 100k a year uh, I'm really bringing home 75k 80 right um, but for the individual who's taking let's say 20k of that 25k of that um from directly out of let's say i guess now we're getting more into the 401k route but i guess i'm thinking what i want to bring home is that that money is also money that hasn't been taxed so therefore it's a larger portion than what it would be if it wasn't correct yep. all right so yeah, i think that's it, important it i was trying time. to highlight that yeah
1: and and that's a tough decision and and yeah. and we're not going to solve that in a you know, in, in a discussion, even with a few hours. I mean, that's really a personal thing. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, I love that you mentioned, you know, talk to your attorneys. And I'll, I'll, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of attorneys while I load them in many, many ways, um, just because of some of the legal issues that, that attorneys can create for people. Um, but but there's a professional that doesn't get nearly enough credit out there that every single one of you guys better have. And I mean a good one. And that is an accountant. If you do your own taxes, you are not in business. You will never be a professional in business because you can't learn and understand enough to do it all. Um, You need to find an accountant that specializes. If you want to be a real estate investor, find one that buys real estate themselves because they will learn the tax code personally and professionally. If you have an accountant and you're in the real estate business and, and they don't do real estate... I'm sorry. I mean this in the nicest way. I don't care how nice they are. They're just not the right accountant for
0: you. Mm. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Cause one of my, uh, re- I put this out guys in one of my last revelations of 2021. Uh, and I heard this in a mastermind. Um, and it was, uh, you know, start it, it, this year at some point that you're working with, um, Tour guides, and not travel agents, right? Because I love it. A Tour guide has been at the destination that you're looking to go towards. A travel agent is just booking the trip. And then, you, you, just to echo what you're saying, Jason, it's it's so important. And I and again, this is what this is actually why I host this is. Don't hear from me. Jason's in here. This is why I have him. If you have questions, this is the expert. He puts in the work, right? The ten thousand hour rule. Like he's done it. That's why he's here in the lab hear it from the practitioner, right? That who's doing it. Uh, it's very, you know, I think people got to really be careful where they get their advice from sometimes. And, uh, but that's a whole nother conversation, but that's I'm so that. glad you said that, um, that. That's really key. So I, one of the questions that I have, and I've had only one guy here from, uh, you know, the trust world. And because you have it in your name, I got to go there. Um, you, you, I don't know, if do you guys deal with, you know, what happens after? Cause I'm deferring money. I'm deferring money. And then, you know, life happens. Right. And I know you have the trust in there. So are you a trust company or maybe like, what is a Trust? Do you guys deal with trusts? Do IRAs work with trusts? Is that a thing? Uh, it's okay. If you, I don't know if that's in your scope or, or, or it's just in the name, but I'm just curious at this point.
1: No, I, I can, I can address that. Um, Uh, Newview Trust Company is a publicly chartered South Dakota trust company. Uh, Every trust company has to choose a state to be domiciled. Um, We have a trust office in South Dakota. Uh, It's a very good state for trusts. In fact, it's the largest state in the union for trusts, um, very unsuspectingly, I'm sure. Um, But South Dakota is a fantastic state and and we're incredibly happy to be chartered there. Um, We service IRAs, which are a form of a trust. Um, even though we don't think of them that way. Um, they are technically a form of a trust. We do service through our institutional division, all different types of trusts, um, but we, are, we don't do that unless there's an advisor on the account. I don't want to get into the weeds on that, but we're not a traditional trust company. Uh, we, are a tr- we have trust powers that operates in a custodial, non-discretionary custodial um, environment, so even the accounts that we provide custody to that are actual trusts, um, we don't provide any of the trust services associated with those. They typically still have a trustee. Um, they only need us because they want to custody unique assets inside those accounts. And we simply serve as the custodian for those particular assets um, where they still have a trustee for the trust itself. So uh, I don't know if that answers the question or murkies the water. I'm sure for those listening that n- that don't know a whole lot about it, I probably uh, did more harm than good there, but uh, but it, for those that understand what the, the model, that's kind of where we intersect with trusts.
0: Yeah. And that's going to be a, a part two of the podcast. That's what we'll just do. Right. We'll just do part two. Cause just part one, is just too damn good. Uh, no, listen, this, that, this was good. It, it, it was good insight. Uh, obviously I think trust is a whole another conversation and, and um, but I, I was just curious. Um, so as far as, um, you know, this topic, as, as we get, get towards the end here, I'm very curious, what is the biggest misconception that you think people need to overcome when it comes to RAs, when they hear it? I know there's, there's definitely some misconceptions around 401ks, RAs, especially in our world where people are like, ah, forget that, I'll just invest in real estate. What is that that you nugget that you'd leave with us as we're listening to this? And we're getting more familiar, maybe our ears are perking up a little bit.
1: Well, you you actually frame the question, and and I appreciate you doing so, even unintentionally, in the manner that that I would go with it, which is you you hit on something. You said, you know, forget that. I'll just invest in real estate, and that is the biggest misconception. An IRA is a vehicle, right? What you buy is your destination, and what too many people focus on is they just focus on the destination and not the vehicle. So. Let me give that to you in kind of a different term. So when people say my retirement plan is real estate, I tell them, no, that's your destination is real estate. And that's great. But that's inefficient it, in, in and of itself, because an IRA simply could be wrapped around the real estate. So you don't have to change your philosophy. But what you do is you have to change the way that you want to get taxed on your investment strategy. So Mm. the most common misconception is that investments and IRAs are the same and they're not, they're two separate things. So you cannot tell me your investment is your retirement. You can tell me that's how you're investing to grow the money to get closer to retirement, but you got to have it in the right vehicle or some of it in the right vehicle. So, you know, I, I I love your tour guide and, and, uh, and, and, um, Travel planner example, and I'm stealing that. Uh, I think I disclosed it publicly, so it's okay. It's not theft. <laughs> yes, you're uh-huh. here first, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's exactly that is is your it's all about getting to your destination in the most efficient way. And I love that real estate's the destination. But what if I told you I could get you there sooner, faster, more efficiently? Well, it's like flying versus driving versus walking, right? We're going to end up at the same place, but you're going to be a hell of a lot more fatigued walking somewhere than I am going to be driving versus the person that got in a plane and got there, right? And you got to balance all those out.
0: So I I got a new little elevator pitch for you, my man. Um, It might be something along the lines of, you know, I. Uh, I build ve- vehicles, right? Efficient vehicles. I'm like the Tesla of IRAs, right? I'm like, I'm giving you a vehicle towards your retirement. And I think that's so, I love that actually, how you said it, like seriously, very well. Um, I mean, I'm, we're in branding. I got to tell you, man, you got you to gotta hold on to those gems. That's a good one right there. You get, that's exactly what you're doing. You're a vehicle. You're a vehicle to the end, right? Of, of where you want to get to. And I think that's so important for people to hear because, um, yeah, sometimes I think people make it very simple, like, oh yeah, no, like I'm I'm a real estate investor. Okay, great, but what what tools are you using to get there? Uh, what vehicle? How did you? How are you going to get to the end? Right. So how are you going to build that empire? Um, wow, that's f- phenomenal, phenomenal. So any any uh, you're you're so well rounded and, and and educated in this. You got to give us some gems as far as like what you know. Do you have a favorite book or favorite resource that that gets you going? Um, when it comes to these things, um, it sounds like you're you 're the kind of guy if you put your teeth into something and sink them in, so I always want to get those gems is there what what 's your favorite book
1: uh, i 'm going to give you two and 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 i 'm going to give you everybody should read these two books if you haven 't read them get them downloaded and read them tonight number one rich dad poor dad uh, if you have not read that book, you are not prepared to get into finance. not every bit of it is perfect but Damn, it's really close. Um, And it it changed the way that I view money. Um, The second book is The Richest Man in Babylon. If you've not read that, I would read Rich Dad, Poor Dad first and The Richest Man in Babylon second, um, because there's two different elements that we're talking about. One is how you think about money and one is how you manage money. Uh, and rich dad, poor dad is really about how do you think about money and think about it differently. And most of us worker bees, W2 employees, we think about it that way. And we create this environment that we think we're actually getting better and better. And we're actually sinking ourselves into worse financial trouble, right? We can't leave a job that we hate because I can't afford to leave because they pay me enough to pay my debts, which I've accumulated because I made a little bit more money and spent a lot more. And rich dad, poor dad changes that narrative. And then, um, richest man in Babylon basically takes you back to Babylonian times and says, you know, why is the wealthiest man in Babylonian times, the wealthiest man in Babylon as a result. And it's no different today. And and, uh, they're just fantastic books.
0: Love it. Now you've given us some gems about other people, but you are yourself a very wealthy man in the mind and in energy. And I'm sure, you know, and what you're doing, I'm sure you're putting, um, you're a practitioner as well. So where can people find out more from someone who is actually helping people with this and, and actively uh, being a practitioner in the space? And you've been doing this for so long, how can we get in touch with you? Where can we tap more into what you're talking about? Where can we, the people listening, find out more about what you're doing?
1: First place to start is our website. And and I, I tell everyone that because there's no excuse to not know stuff today, right? We live in the information age. Ask Suri, ask Alexa, ask whomever it is, uh, and, and they'll get you close. But our website, newviewtrust.com with a U-N-U-V-I-E-W trust.com, uh, that's going to be the easiest way. There's tons of video content, et cetera. You can read, you can watch, whatever it is. Um, And and it's unique to asset classes or things that may resonate more with you. If you like single family, start there. You know, don't try to change your philosophy. You've already invested the time and energy to get good at your practice. Figure out how to marry that in with the tax benefits of an IRA. Um, If you want to reach me, um, reach me through Jason, uh, J-A-S-O-N at newviewtrust.com with a U-N-U-V-I-E-W trust.com. And uh, yeah, send me your questions, send me your feedback if, if I can help in any way. Um, you know, one thing that 15 years, uh, in, in any industry does is, is it teaches you a lot. Um, you know, you, you realize that over time you, you just get a little bit more and where I consider myself really fortunate. And what I get to do every day is I get to work with people like you, um, Ruben, I get to work with customers and clients who give me nuggets every single day. And I get to live vicariously through the investment strategies and structures that they do. Right. And so, uh, it's a great marriage and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up with this because you asked me about a couple books and some nuggets, and I'm going to add a nugget um, beyond just books, and that is educate yourself, right? I, I mentioned this already. It, there is zero excuse to be ignorant. And the good news is ignorant is curable, dumb is not, right? Um, but ignorance is curable. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And I commend you for listening to the podcast and and getting in the lab and and finding yourself in an environment where you're hearing from others. But there's so many ways to do that. Get mentors, pay for some of this education if you have to. I'm not selling you anything, but, but don't be scared to invest in yourself. All right. And real estate is a journey and it's not easy. And there are lots of us uh, that have lost a lot of money on deals along the way because we just thought we knew it all. Uh, I know I've got plenty of those to my record, and I'm sure, Ruben, you've got a handful. You've got battle scars, and the best experience you can ever learn is one that someone else endured, but you got the, the, the opportunity to learn from it. Go find those people. Um, talk to those people. Ask lots of questions. Um, but if, if you want to be in this investment world, it's like saying you want to be a doctor, but you don't want to go to school. You've got to go to school and you've got to find smarter people to teach you. Um, there's no self-study course you can get close, but you'll never find success. So, uh, rant over there. Thanks for for giving me the mic to to do that. Ooh. But, uh, but Gotta yeah, drop get the it, mic. Guys. too easy in today's environment.
0: Well, we can't thank you enough for uh, coming in here. And I think you said it best is, is, uh, there's, there's no excuse to, to be ignorant. And, and I think sometimes it's, um, you know there is a lot of information out there, and sometimes it takes someone like you to drop that seed. And, and hopefully, we've done that today, so you can go ahead and and, and plant that seed and, and go uh, look at the resources. Check out New View Trust. Obviously, we'll have um, Jason's uh, email in the show notes if you're driving. Keep your hands on the wheel. I know that the information was hot. But uh, it's not going anywhere. It'll be here. You can review it and you can connect with Jason. Jason, we look forward to having you in the lab again, my friend. This was uh, very well um, very well delivered and uh, very informative even for myself. So I'll definitely be connecting with you offline as well.
1: I'll look forward to it. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Ruben.
0: Awesome. And just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host Ruben Kanya and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, Social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's InvestedTalent.com forward slash social media, and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand, and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app from the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, There's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.